0: there was a time I had trouble talking about it, congratulate them. we know they doubted, somehow we made it up out the pit,
1: back against the wall, never quit, traversing through each obstacle, show a non-believer what's possible, let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams, let's go. and that come at us could come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green We've been down in the dirt, been tossed in
2: the trash But I never stray from my pad. When we're gone, we ain't looking back Maybe we were all way too high, maybe that's our fault It's gonna be a crazy time, but it's gonna be a fun time Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box
1: Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice All right, all right, all right. The vibes they are immaculate today on this feel good Friday, October twenty eighth. Thanks for tuning in to the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Seth Wilcock, joined by my shotgun rider, my brother from another mother, Nate Pollvote. Today we have a very, very special show for you. Today we're going to get you locked and loaded for week number eight. Nate, before we give, give them the rundown of what they can expect today, how are you, my
2: friend? How has your week been? It's Friday, um, so I am very excited. It's been a hectic week. We have a hectic weekend ahead of us. Holiday weekend, kind of, with a five-year-old. I mean, I think we're going to like five trick-or-treat streets. So There we
1: go. There we go. All right. Yeah, Halloween, it is in the air, guys. We've been talking about spooky season all year long because that's what this fantasy football season has been, Nate. Injuries are just running rampant right now. Jamar Chase, he's the latest to add to that list. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. We're also going to talk about the Kadarius Tony trade news. We're going to talk about that, do a little Thursday night football recap. We got a pretty decent one um, last night with Herbie and Al Michael over there on Amazon Prime. We're also going to have start sits here today with Dave Fantasy. He's our guy over here at Inbetween media. He writes The Hard Bargain, so excited to hear from Dave. And then old Brian McFadden of Legit Football. They have a great newsletter over there. He's going to be joining us for some short things, sleepers of the week. Nate, we hit Tyler Boyd last week, man. So uh, I- I'm
2: feeling like we can do it again here. I think so. Boyd was a great call. Boyd's going to be, a- if you went out and got him... And you didn't have him rostered with this Jamar Chase injury. I mean, he's now steps into the T Higgins role, so that's exciting for Tyler Boyd. And I would like to point out, you gave me so much crap for my Jordan Akins pick last yes, week. I did. Now he didn't hit the double digit threshold. He was two tenths of a point away nine point eight PPR fantasy points, tied in fifteen, I believe, on the week. He was ahead of Hawk, man. Hey, he was ahead hey, of Kyle Pitts. Nate, I will give you credit for that call, my
1: friend. <laughs> Mike Clay, all the other projections out there, they had him for about two points. And you were right on that one. Like honestly, I'll give I almost want to give you the win just because you were you were so close on that. I won't because we are so to the rules. <laughs> because you're petty, Sam. And I'm, and I'm competitive, yes. <laughs> guys, welcome into the, the show. If you guys are new to the In-Between family, welcome in. We appreciate you guys tuning in today, making us a part of your Friday. We try to deliver feel-good lifestyle advice with our fantasy sports analysis over here at IBT. So if you are new, you want to stick around, please give us a like on this video, and please subscribe to the channel. Help support us continuing to grow here. Nate, with all this said, man, I think we should kind of just jump into this because there is not too much time left to get through all this. I mean – One of the craziest weeks, when you look at it, we've lost three
2: wide receiver ones to injury this week, a running back one, and multiple other position players as well. We keep waiting for this season to regress to the mean of normalcy. I've given up. I've given up. This is just going to be, the rest of the season is going to be crazy. This stuff is going to keep happening. And as fantasy managers and analysts, we're just going to have to keep pivoting and finding these diamonds in the rough. That's why these in the scope candidates are so important right now.
1: I I completely agree with you, Nate. So let's start here at the top of the show with the Jamar Chase news. That was kind of the big bombshell yesterday, and it's going to be a hip injury for him. He's at least going to be out the next month, maybe longer. People were saying this could be a season ender. I saw a lot of conflicted reports, so I don't really want to get into that. I'm going to go on the assumption that he's at least going to be out the next month. He's going to hit IR here. What does this mean for fantasy teams, Nate? Where does T Higgins rank the rest of the way for you, at least the next month, as well as Tyler Boyd out there, uh, the old pride near of Clareton, Pennsylvania?
2: Well, I think Tyler Boyd is someone you're going to want to go out and roster. If you don't have him already, he's probably gone at this point. After that news dropped yesterday, it, it seemed like he was flying off of waiver wires, but he's, he's a reliable start for at least the next four weeks. You know, you can plug him in regardless of situation. And he's going to score points. If you've got T Higgins rest of season, he's a wide receiver one, even when Jamar chase comes back, I think because he fits into this offense so well, they're going to throw the ball and Mixon has continued to just be wildly inefficient.
1: Yeah, I agree. They're going to need to run this offense through those two wide receivers. Keep an eye out for your guy as well. You love the tight end Hayden Hurst there yes. too, so he could be a valuable play for you moving forward as well here, Nate. So good to see that. Um, let's go ahead and move forward to get to Toney. He was dealt yesterday to the Kansas City Chiefs for a conditional third that they got for one of their coaches' hires, and then a six-round pick as well. So I think what this means for the Giants is it's wheels up for Wondell Robinson first and foremost, like he is the, the giants wide receiver. I think to roster the rest of the way, if you need to stream Darius Slayton at times, I think you can. But other than that, I, I think Robinson is the guy to own there in the, in the giants passing game. Nate, Daniel Bellinger is going to be sidelined for a little bit as well. It looks like, so uh looks like it's wheels up on, on the young rookie out of Kentucky.
2: Yeah, I think so. Uh, Bellinger, I think is probably done for the year. I mean, it's fractured, little- eye, fractured uh-huh. eye socket. They didn't say, that he is, but I would be shocked to see him come back. He I think it is. More. he did look good. And I, I've been telling everybody since rookie drafts in dynasty season to go out and get him. And I'm really bummed because he was really fitting into that offense. Well, now it's going to be Wandale Robinson. It's going to be Darius Slayton. My question about this trade, Kadarius Tony apparently could have been playing. That's what – I was just about to bring that up as
1: well, Nate, because that's what we're hearing is that there was a deleted tweet out there that he put out yesterday, Tony, saying something that he has been healthy or he could have played, and then he deleted it very quickly. So I don't know if that was fake, the, the tweet that was dug back up. I, I, I can't really – I don't know. I I want to put on my journalism cap, and I want to give you guys the correct news. But like you said, it does look like he might be in the Chiefs lineup here in a couple weeks here.
2: Well, and I I think we need to pump – the breaks on our expectations of what Kadarius Tony is going to be in Kansas city from a dynasty perspective. I mean, I'm willing to stash him. I have no, I, I have no hopes of playing him this season. This offense is already established. Where does he fit? And I know they're like, well, this is Tyree kill light maybe, but also you have to wonder why he hasn't been on the field in New York two seasons in, they were hot on this kid. They drafted him early and we've heard of the character concerns in college. Are those still a thing? At the NFL level, the Giants just didn't talk about because they wanted to try and move him. Kind of seems like it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I understand the concern. I still think like if you have the roster spot in redraft leagues and you want to roster Kadarius Tony, I'm fine with it through the bye. Let's see where he comes out at. I'm interested to see what his usage is. We've seen MVS a lot in one wide receiver sets. We've seen Juju Smith Schuster in one wide receiver sets. They haven't, and Nicole Hardman, they haven't really been consistent with that. So it's likely a revolving door here at wide receiver for the Chiefs. Um, but I do think he has some name value. And I think that's the one thing to keep in mind. If Kadarius Toney goes out there first or second week with the Chiefs and he does light it up, he there's going to be some people around your league who want him so i don't mind holding on to the value play but it's kind of like you said i don't really want to start him i don't really want to start any of these chiefs wide receivers anymore i mean with juju and mbs like it's pretty much playing a little bit of russian roulette whether you're going to get get a good game or or get a donut yep
2: yeah and that's the problem and i don't think Kadarius tony changes that i don't think he swings the needle one way or the other
1: yeah i completely agree with you nate Let's go ahead and move forward here to the Thursday Night Football Recap. We'll jump through this quickly, and then we'll get to some start-sit questions. So if anyone out there does have any start-sit questions, any trade questions, we're going to have our guy Dave Fantasy in here in just a couple of minutes. And, Nate, we won't spend a lot of time on the Thursday Night Football Recap, but it was 27-22 in the Ravens' directions over the Buccaneers. The Ravens dominated the time possession, though. They ran the ball, they ran the ball, and they ran the ball some more. 231 rushing yards as a club, and just 44 for Tampa Bay. They couldn't stay on the field. It was a fine night for Brady, the wide receivers and company. Like like They looked okay. Chris Godwin looked really sprung at times. That was really cool to see. Double-digit points for him, double-digit points for Mike Evans. Brady didn't let you down this week either. Um, Leonard Fournette came through with a touchdown, kind of a mediocre game outside of that, though. But the big storyline here, Nate, is somehow the Ravens got the win, and they did it without some of their best players on the field. Mark Andrews leaves quarter two with a shoulder injury. It's supposed to be a minor injury, but he still could miss one to two weeks. Nate Um, Isaiah likely stepped in six for 77 and one is likely an auto start for you. If Andrews is out these next couple weeks.
2: Yeah, he obviously he see, he saw volume with Andrews out. We already knew he was a talented receiver that Lamar Jackson trusted when he was in, if he's going to see a significant uptick in snap share and target share yeah you have to start him and it was interesting too because
1: <laughs> we actually had saw his snap share go down a little bit the last couple of weeks coming into tonight's game or last night's game and then he kind of popped off so Isaiah Likely six for 77 and one it's nothing to roll your eyes about I, I think if Mark Andrews out there he's not rosterable he shouldn't be on your rosters but if you are the Mark Andrews manager specifically I'm going out and I'm getting yeah. Isaiah Likely I'm not spending a lot for him but uh Likely is an interesting play there. Another interesting play, Nate, someone we've kind of been on all season long, or at least you have, has been Kenyon Drake. It's been an up-and-down roller coaster for Kenyon Drake. You don't really know when to play him. Last night was one that that you could have actually played him in. He goes seven for 62 plus four receptions and a tutty. And he looked good at times, man. And and Gus Edwards, he suffers a non-serious hamstring injury in the fourth quarter. So it looks like Kenyon Drake could be the guy for a little bit. Gus might still be able to play next week, is what we're hearing as of now. However, this Baltimore backfield, Nate, it is a revolving door as well. No one can stay healthy. Is Kenyon Drake a, a guy here for the next couple of weeks? You think, um, or
2: are you second? Gus Edwards to be back and you know full workload for him. Well, I think they're going to take it easy with Edwards because they can. Uh, he, you know, he's just back off of IR, so you don't want to put him in a situation where he has a lingering hamstring injury. Now, I think Drake is probably a good player for the next like two weeks. But if Edwards is healthy and playing, I don't think you can start either one because it's like the chiefs wide receiver situation. You don't know which one is going to have the day because we all thought that it was going to be Gus Edwards last night. I right. thought it was going to be Gus Edwards last night for sure. When we saw Drake snaps and uh, snaps cut in half, like that's concerning, but then it it, it flipped. So
1: yeah, it's tough to tell right now with this Ravens backfield. I think you want to starter and, and probably like realistically, if, 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 uh, if Gus is going to be out there, I think you can play, play Kenyon Drake as like a desperation running back play if you need it. Sure. If he's not there, he's a, you know, a high end RB3. I, there's nothing to really get excited about with this Ravens backfield with the revolving door. Um, Justice Hill still shouldn't be on rosters in my yeah. opinion. I think he's nothing more than a change of pace back there. Let's Just talk about
2: to Linda. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Devin, Devin Duvernay here, here, Nate as well. He has a good game comes back. He ran a touchdown in 16.4 PPR points for Devin Duvernay on the day. Rashad Bateman left this one early in the third. He aggravated that foot injury. I've been saying it almost all year, Nate, and I'm going to continue to stand by this, whether Bateman is healthy or not. I think Devin Duvernay is the Ravens receiver a roster? He's not someone you're starting every single week. This was a good matchup for him last night with so many secondary members injured for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But man, I mean, I think they need to get the, this, the ball in this kid's hands. Every time they let him run it, he's very efficient with it. He's he's kind of like a Curtis Samuel in a way, and what he's doing out there for him, he's in motion on so many plays.
2: I love what I'm seeing for De- from Devin Duvernay, even though it's not necessarily consistent, Nate. Yeah, and you you made a very good point. He is a great play situationally. He's not an every week start, but he is the best receiver on this team. Bateman's just not, hasn't been reliable. The talent's there when he's healthy, but he keeps aggravating this foot injury. Then he's not on the field. I mean, does he miss next week? And if he doesn't, is he 100%? Duvernay, if you're going to play a receiver in this offense, it, it should be Duvernay.
1: I agree. He's still out there in a lot of leagues, too, so if you do need a play in the coming weeks, um, pick him up. If you're the Rashad Bateman manager, I-, I think you definitely need to have Duvernay on your roster. You need to get out of the Ravens as a whole. Neat. Let's go ahead, though. Let's move forward to matchup management. We got Chris back in the chat. What's up, Chris? Good to see you today. Thanks for making us part of your Friday. Go ahead and drop any start sit questions you guys have for us, trade advice, anything you guys need help with, and we'll get that um, right on the other end of this awesome drop. Yeah.
0: who you got got. matchup
1: management who's it gonna be who's it gonna be we're gonna tell you right here in matchup management and to do that we're bringing a very special friend of the show a member of our staff and a member of our in between media family he's the author of the none other than the hard bargain column and if you guys are ever in an uber this man is one of the funniest people to be in an uber with i was riding in an uber with him over the summer he had our uber driver howling howling so without further ado dave fantasy what's up dave
0: what's going on man how are you seth nate i'm good man i'm good
1: how are you um are you haggling any uber drivers as of late
0: I haven't been in an Uber probably since then, actually. And to be honest with you, I don't remember the Uber ride as much as you do. <laughs> <know. laughs>
1: that was your boy. I-, I think his name was Raul. He was uh, a-, a very nice man. It was a great conversation. I have it recorded if you ever want to watch back because it was hilarious. It was a little fun <laughs> out here. So we have that on, on camera there for you, Dave. Outstanding. Dave, how are the vibes feeling today? Week 8, it's been a doozy already, man. Jamar Chase going down, so many injuries in Week 7. And we're just trying to kind of pick up the pieces. How are your Friday vibes doing despite it all?
2: Uh,
0: Pretty good, actually. I mean, in spite of all of that. Yeah, I was actually talking to Nate on the phone yesterday. Like, right after I got off the phone, I looked. (laughs) I see the Jamar Chase news. I'm just like, what the heck? (laughs) Like, I was was pretty shook. But that's, you know... It's he what's goes. been happening all year? We've had we've had so many key players lost to in, 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 injury. Uh, it's been tough to take. It's
1: I agree. To take. Well, we're going to help people out today. We're going to tell them who they need to be starting and sitting. We already have some questions coming in through the chat. Let's start here with Albert, Raheem Mostert, or Ramondre Stevenson. Full PPR. Man, I don't think this is. This is a no-brainer for me despite the matchup. I'm going Ramondre Stevens in. He has been brilliant. Eight receptions on eight targets last week. I didn't realize he was such a good pass catcher coming in the league. Nate, you kind of highlighted earlier in Ramondre Stevens' career what a dual threat this guy can be. He looks like Derrick Henry at the times, but like he has the pass-catching ability of Dalvin Cook. I'm amazed what I'm seeing. I can't bench him despite
2: Damian Harris being back. Yeah, and that's what – is so great because I was really afraid that he was going to get relegated to, <clears throat> I don't know, like five to 10 touches a game with Harris back, but now he's getting into the passing game. And I think that's p- something people didn't realize that he was pretty good at the pass catching role at Oklahoma. As much as I despise the Sooners, he was very, very good at, o- at on a very good Oklahoma team. He fits what this office wants to do. He's someone that can help out Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi, depending on who the starter is. I think you have to start him. The Mostert matchup is really good, though, against Detroit as well. I,
1: yeah, the matchup, the matchup. if you want to go sky high for ceiling, I mean, I get it with Mostert. I just don't think I get 19 total touches for Ramondre last week to Damian Harris' five. I do expect that to maybe even out a little bit, but the Jets' run defense doesn't necessarily scare me. If you want to hit a home run, maybe you go Mostert, but I still think Ramondre... How can you sit him in full PBR?
2: I mean, the Jets' run defense, to be fair, is like kind of middle of the road. They rank twenty-first in fantasy points allowed, but I still think Ramondre's—he's turning in with those guys that match up. Kind of, it's like Derrick Henry. You're not going to bench Derrick Henry because you're facing even the like top one or two run defenses. You're still going to play him. Dave, how do you feel about this question from Albert?
0: I don't know. I'm I'm really kind of on your side with Ramondre. I'm I've been a big Ramondre guy for a while and his involvement in the passing game ha- is killer you know so we're talking about full PPR that's obviously going to be huge but the whole time you've been talking I've been trying to think about how to make the case for Moster you know and uh it's kind of easy in a way cuz he is going up against that disaster of a Detroit Lions team i mean they can't stop anybody running the football they've given up 10 touchdowns on the season which is tied for the most uh with Cleveland and I think that, you know, Mostert's a big play waiting to happen. So I think what you were saying, mostly, if you're swinging for the fences, Mostert's the right guy. I think that's 100% right. I can totally see him having one of those 50-plus touchdown runs that he's very capable of pulling off against this Lions defense.
1: Okay. So I, I think kind of the consensus here is for you, Albert. If you maybe played someone last night, Mark Andrews or someone else who maybe Rashad Bateman, who put you in a hole and you need to swing for the fences, go Mostert because it is such a sexy matchup against the Detroit Lions. However, Ramondre Stevenson, he is so solid. So uh, I'd look to get both in your lineup. If you can only pick Mm -hmm. one, the safety is with Ramondre. The pure upside might be with Raheem, though, this week. So love the question, Albert. We appreciate you, as always, our good friend here. Um, Let's move forward to this other question here from Chris. I'm looking to trade either Aaron Jones or Waddle. Aaron Jones for a wide receiver and RB, or Waddle for a wide receiver. Maybe package Waddle and DJ Moore for a stud? Question mark. Any ideas? Question mark. Point five PPR, by the way. We appreciate all the information there, Chris. I don't mind you trying to trade Aaron Jones. Nate, he was either your or Jen's sell high candidate earlier this week here, and I I think you can absolutely package him with. Maybe a DJ Moore or something, and go get yourself one of these stud running backs, whether that's Josh Jacobs or maybe not Josh Jacobs, but Kenneth Walker, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, someone kind of in that elite tier. How do you, how do you feel about that, Nate? Um, or would you be looking to maybe move Waddle and DJ
2: Moore for um, a, a stud wide receiver? You would have to pry Jalen Waddle from my cold dead hands to get me to trade him right now he's too good you're not gonna you're not gonna get enough return moving him and dj moore i don't think if you've got those two because i think dj moore's i think he's on the upswing here however aaron jones get what you can for aaron jones right now and you should be able to get a decent amount because he's popped off if you're looking to trade him before this weekend great but if you can wait until after this week goes through and he has another decent game move him then you'll get more for him if you can wait
1: Okay. Dave, how do you feel about this? It's looking like he wants a wide receiver, Chris, out of this package. So maybe he's looking to to get up into that Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown type of tier. How do you feel this shaking out here for Chris?
0: Well, I think, you know, if you're giving up Waddle and D.J. Moore, I'm, I'm with Nate. You know, I would not want to trade Waddle under any set of circumstances. But I think D.J. Moore's got a lot of upside now, especially with Christian McCaffrey gone. I think that, you know, he's just going to have to be involved in the offense anymore, Certainly. you know, a little more because they're short playmakers over there. Uh, you'd have to get an absolute stud. He does put, you know, should I trade these for a stud? But I mean, I can't think of a wide receiver that I'd want to trade both those wide receivers for. I, now, I mean, if we're talking half PPR league. Yeah, Devontae Adams could be the guy, but.
2: I don't think the Devontae Adams manager is going to give him up for Waddle and DJ Moore, though. Would you be interested in upgrading to Amon
1: Ross St. Brown? When St. Brown has been healthy, I highlighted earlier this week, he's averaging over 17 PPR points in games he finishes. He's been explosive. Dave, are you willing to to upgrade to that, or is that just not enough for you?
0: It's too risky for me. I haven't been able to – you know, I have – Amon Ra in a few leagues, and I'm feeling uncomfortable about it, so I wouldn't want to give up that much to get Amon Ra back.
1: Would you move Aaron Jones at all? Would you be interested in moving Aaron Jones and a wide receiver to to get a better wide receiver?
0: Yeah, I could do it. I could definitely do it. You know, Aaron Jones does have some value now, especially with the big games uh, that he's had this season. He's kind of one of those peaks and valleys sort of running back most of the time anyway. So, yeah, I could definitely get behind that. Uh, but you would want to get you would want to get a pretty, you know, secure like a, a wide receiver one with uh, with a floor, you know.
1: Yes, I, I absolutely agree. We appreciate the question there. Chris said he, he thinks he's going to hold off um, to see DJ Moore's performance. Same with Aaron Jones. Not a bad idea there, Chris. Yeah. Um, we appreciate the question as always, our friend. Here we have a question here from Bob Jimmy. What's up, Bob Jimmy? Appreciate you making us part of your Friday afternoon. Good to see some new faces in the chat. Should I start Hayden Hurst or Dalton Schultz this week in a full PPR league? I had Andrews and Evans on my team already played. Wow. Okay. So I wonder if you're ripping one of these guys out as a flex or you, double tight end league, something like that, maybe. Um, how do you guys feel about this question here from from uh, from Bob Jimmy? Obviously, not a great night with, uh, with Mark Andrews going down after just a couple of receptions, but... At least Mike Evans came through for him last night. Dave, how are you feeling about this one?
0: uh, Yeah, he's got Mike Evans already in the bank, so that's a good start there. But I'm liking what I see out of Hayden Hurst. Uh, I would feel pretty comfortable going with him, even though, you know, Schultz is also a good option with Dak back. I just think Hayden Hurst has been a nice part of that Bindle's offense as is. And now we're talking about Jamar Chase being gone, you know, they're gonna probably give him at least another couple of targets. And Cleveland isn't necessarily super weak against the tight end, but they don't, you know, they're not scary against the tight end. So I feel like you know he's got a fairly decent matchup here.
1: No no Jamar Chase as well. So I think you can give him a, a little bit of a boost. And the one thing I think I'll say about Schultz in your knee, and maybe you can back me up on this. I like him with Dak back, but this week I don't like playing people against the Bears because the time in this game goes so quickly because the Bears slow snail like pace of play. So I'm with Dave here. I think I'm actually going Hayden Hurst, which I love Dalton Schultz. So that's really sad to see that.
2: Well, like Dave alluded to, it's a better matchup for the most part because of the Jamar Chase injury. Both of these defenses are actually in the top 10 against tight ends so far this season. But Hayden Hurst is taking on more of like a wide receiver three role, unless they they give it to Mike Thomas, which I can't see that happening. Mm -hmm. Hurst is is just simply going to have more opportunity. You've got to start him over Schultz this week.
1: Okay. Yeah. Roll into Monday night football, guys. Hold your breath there. Let's see what happens there. Appreciate the question, Bob Jimmy. He's telling us it is a super flex league. He has tight end positions to start and two flex options. Makes sense there. Um, we appreciate you, Jimmy. We hope you uh, subscribe to the channel, come back, and hang out with us some more. Let's move forward to another question here from our guy, Ali Bosgod. What's up, Ali? We hope you're having a great feel-good Friday. Appreciate you making time for us today. Start three, Alvin Kamara, JT, Walker, or ETN. Holy goodness. I wish my rosters looked like this. This is great. I think any way you look at it. Dave, how are you feeling? You have one lean one way or the other here for absolute studs in the backfield.
0: Yeah, this is juicy. I mean, and it's weird to say, but I think I'm probably sitting JT out of this group right now because, you know, with J Rob leaving Jacksonville, Etienne is going to see a large uptick in his involvement. There's no way you can sit Kenneth Walker right now. He looks like one of the best running backs currently playing Uh, and Camara, you know, I guess I'd like to know if this is a PPR league or not, but Camara's had six or more pass catches in each of his last three games. So I wouldn't want to get him out, especially if it's a PPR league. Um, JT be the guy I'd probably bench.
2: Okay. I'm with you. JT hasn't been great at this point. We're all writing what happened last year. And Indy's kind of a mess. I would more than comfortably sit JT here.
1: Wow. I didn't think I would come I know. Into this discussion ever having to say that I would sit Jonathan Taylor. But with these options, you're right. Like, I do like the matchup better against the Giants for uh, Kenneth Walker. ETN's playing in London. They're going to need him with no J-Rob out there. And then Kamara, like you said, uh, Dave, he is a PPR threat here against the Raiders. So I'm not scared of that defense at all. And with Sam Ellinger back there, I don't know what what Jonathan Taylor is going to get. He only did good last week because he got so many dump offs from freaking Matt Ryan, and, and and we might not see that. So, yeah, I think it's consensus here, Ollie. Uh, I think you can bench. I think you can bench uh, Jonathan Taylor, which is hard to say. But uh, times are crazy right now in fantasy, man. We appreciate the yeah. question though, nonetheless. Hope you subscribe to the channel and come back and hang out with us. Um, here we have another question here from Ollie. Same same dude, different question. Should I start Schultz or Taysom Hill? And this one depends what you need, too, because I think Taysom Hill is a little bit of a sexy matchup against against the Raiders here, who their secondary can't stop anything. They're Swiss cheese. How do you feel about this one, Dave? This one's super intriguing. Schultz obviously has the better floor here.
0: Yeah, I think for sure Schultz has the safer floor. I am, you know, I don't know if it's a personal vendetta I've got against Taysom Hill or something, but I am sort of on the never-start-Taysom Hill uh. Team, I guess. He came through last week. He got the cutty, though. He did, and he does sometimes. You know, I mean, that's the thing. He's absolutely a feast or famine kind of guy. You know, because it's a disaster. I mean, technically, he's what the third tight end on this team. Uh, I know that they don't really employ deploy him as a typical tight end, yeah. but you know, I just there's no way I can feel comfortable with him in there. But then, you know, he's going to get a 65 yard rushing touchdown, and I'm going to look foolish for saying this, but. But actually, you know, I mean, isn't is a tough one because Schultz's matchup against the Bears is difficult. You know, yeah, he's gonna yeah. have to handle Roquan Smith, deal with Roquan Smith. You know, it's
1: I yeah, that's a very good point there. Uh, I think it comes down to like Ollie, how ballsy do you feel? Like putting Taysom Hill out there is like whipping your nutsack on the table. Sometimes you gotta do it. <laughs> sometimes you gotta flex it. But. uh Like How good do you feel waking up on Sunday? I think that's really the the answer here because there's really no analysis on Taysom Hill, guys. He's going to get to play. Some might be in the receiving game. Some might be in the passing game. And we're going to see him rush the the ball a little bit too. So kind of all over the place for uh, Taysom Hill. But how good do you feel, Ali? I think that's the answer of your question there. A couple more here before we move forward in the show, guys. Um, Looks like George, he started the week with A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, and T. Higgins playing. Solid night for Mike Evans. Do you bench Brown or Higgins for Damian Pierce? Wow, so this is another really good team from George. He's got like I wish I had these options, guys. Um, Dave, what's your initial read here um, on this question from George?
0: Well, I think you know there's no way I'm benching Higgins right now. After we know that Chase went down, you know he's going to be called on to be the de facto number one over there now. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to sit AJ Brown either. I, I don't think I'm doing it. I don't think there's
1: any way I can do this. Nate, are, are you willing to bench A.J. Brown this week? Um, A.J. Brown's been fantastic pretty much all season long. There have been some dips, um, but
2: what do you have here for George? You know, Pittsburgh has been a little bit better of a secondary these last few weeks. Um, Somehow. 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 <laughs> but I still don't think I can bench A.J. Brown because his Philly team's just too good. Okay. I, I think I, – I I love Damian Pierce, but I think Brown just has more upside. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We still don't really know the floor for Damian Pierce. He's been excellent, Um, but great team all around there, George. Um, He's asking, should he start the Jags defense or the Jets defense? Um, Right now, it looks like, I mean, they're both great plays. I, I don't trust the Broncos defense or offense as far as I can throw them. So I don't mind starting the Jags. They are traveling to London a little bit, so they could be a little weary. And then you also have the Jets against the Patriots, just quarterback carousel we're dealing with over there, Nate. So do you have a a, a good read on this for George?
2: Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm I'm doing this in every redraft league that I have a defense in. I am rostering whoever is playing the Broncos every single week as a team defense. This week, last week it was the Jets, it paid off. This week it's going to be the Jaguars. And I think even though it's in London, it's going to pay off. because I don't believe the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett are ready for this game.
1: Okay. Okay. Dave, and any read on these defensive plays here?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm right on the same page as Nate here. You know, I think Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen are gonna make Russell Wilson wish he didn't start this game. Yep and so I think, you know, you're gonna see a lot of a lot of pass rush, a lot of pressures, it's gonna lead to some sacks, probably some interceptions. I'm very comfortable with the Jags defense here.
2: Yeah, Denver's offensive line is just I mean, they lost Garrett Bowles for the season. They're patchwork at this point. They can't stop a pass rush.
1: Right? Okay, okay, yeah, I'm I'm all right with that analysis there, guys. Dave, we're gonna go ahead and move forward here in the show. Oh. We appreciate your. Oh, go we ahead. missed
2: we missed the second half of his question.
1: Oh, okay, sorry. Thank. I appreciate you pointing that out, Nate. Stream Dolich right. or Gasicki this week, Nate. You have a little bit more uh, analysis on Gasicki, so no. I, I, I'm definitely full send Gasicki. It's a great matchup Same. for him against the Lions. Um, getting better target share as well for the guy out of Penn State there. So I'm Gesicki on that one. I I, I like Dolchik. I like what he's doing, but I don't think I can trust him here. Yep, same.
0: Yeah, I agree. I want to avoid Denver offensive players if I can.
1: Certainly. Well, Dave, we appreciate you joining us today. Guys, keep bringing the questions in. We'll get to some more of them with our next guest here in the show. Um, Dave, tell us where we can find you, how we can best support you throughout the remainder of the season, my friend.
0: Well, in addition to, you know, my work here at in Between Media, I'm also writing at 4 for 4 Football. I do a weekly Sunday recap. It is one of the free articles, so you can always read that every Monday morning. Uh, and then, you know, just follow me on Twitter at Dave Fantasy. I put links to everything that I'm writing and at in Between Media and elsewhere. So, uh, yeah, that's the best way to know what, what I'm doing and follow my content.
1: Fantastic. Well Dave, we appreciate you very much, our friend. Um, don't haggle any Uber drivers this weekend, our friend, uh, and take care. We appreciate you. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into some short thing sleepers of the week. It's the
2: short thing sleepers of the week.
1: All right, sure thing, Sleepers of the Week, everyone. Welcome into our next segment. And to do this, we're going to bring in a very special guest, a man that I first met over a couple brews out there in the great city of Las Vegas, Nevada, for the NFL Draft. He is the co-owner of Legit Football. Guys, please help us welcome in for the very first time on the In Between Fantasy Football po- podcast, Brian McFadden. What's up, Brian? Uh, what's
3: up, Seth? Nate, uh, thanks for having me. I got to say that song for the short thing, that really sets the vibe on a Friday going into the weekend. I'm from California, so this is, this is just hitting my spot. Nate, I got a, a chance to meet you at the Fantasy Football Expo. I don't know if you yes. remember that. Um, so super excited to be on the show. I could talk football and especially fantasy football seven days a week, three sixty five. So anytime I get to do it uh, on camera in front of other people, that's just a bonus
1: to me. Well, we appreciate it, Brian. It's good to see you. How's thing? How's things been over your way? Legit football this year. How's the season been treating you guys? Uh, it's been going great. We've ha- we've
3: seen our, our far and away our biggest growth actually in the preseason. People love NFL news, you know. So we saw our biggest subscriber jump. From June to like August, where we—I think it's like four thousand uh, percent. We're now sending the email to nearly ten thousand people, uh, and you know, five to six thousand of them read it every single day. Uh, legitfootball.com, guys. If you guys want a free NFL news, it's not specifically fantasy. It's just what you need to know for the NFL news. Check it out, and um, you can always follow me on Twitter as well.
1: Awesome. I am subscribed to Legit. Legit. So I will I say. Well. That I get in my, my inbox every day. I check it out. It's quick. It's good-hitting information. So we appreciate you and your staff putting that out over there, Brian. Vibes are good over here with us as well, our friend. We're trying to make through this week eight that it's really been a crazy one in the NFL these last couple days, Brian. Uh, I mean, it's been a crazy season.
3: I mean, let's look at it. I was just, uh, we had my show, which uh, aired like 30 minutes ago, and we're talking about just how crazy it's been. When the Panthers and the Falcons are playing for sole possession of first place in the yeah. NFC South, when Tom Brady has now lost three in a row and he's at three and five, uh, and, and Aaron Rodgers is a team that's nearly you know, 10 and a half point underdogs uh, on the road in Buffalo. It makes it exciting Uh, on the fantasy side. It's been even more unpredictable than ever. Uh, Tight end and running back are just like dart throws, except for like a handful. Uh, And the NFL is just—it's full of parody. That's what we want, though. That's what makes it more exciting. If it's all so predictable, it would not be as fun to
1: watch. So I'm here for it, even as crazy as it's been. Excellent. Well, we're glad to hear that, Brian. Do you have a couple minutes? We got a couple questions here in the chat. Still, we got to roll through. Sure. And then we'll uh, jump into the sure thing sleepers of the week. Uh, absolutely. my Just
3: FYI, I, my show every Thursday for an hour, we do viewer live questions, and 98% of them are fantasy. So I'm still in that mode. I'll take okay. as many questions as, as come okay. our way.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, we've got a thick one here, a little book from Bob Jimmy. He's asking us, he already had Andrews and Evans play. He has Deontay Johnson and Devin Singletary bench right now. He's got a lot of good options in his lineup, including Raheem Mostert, DJ Moore, Najee Harris, Brandon Cooks, Devonta Smith. Jacoby Myers, Aaron Jones. So he's got a pretty decent lineup here. How do we feel about this one, Brian? Would you elevate either Deontay Johnson or Devin Singletary? There's a couple risky plays in there, including DJ Moore. But overall, it's a a pretty nice lineup. Um, Would you move any of these other players into the lineup, Brian?
3: Uh, At first, look, my instinct, I'm not high on D.J. Moore and it's not a talent level. I know that he finally scored last week, but it's still P.J. Walker. I think that's very much a reflection of Tampa Bay as a whole. We've seen now in repeated weeks that the offense and the defense in Tampa Bay, there's just something off. Uh, So I'm not high on D.J. Moore. I'm not high on that Panthers offense in general. Uh, And Mostert has actually been shown that he's he's the clear lead back right now in Miami. They're going up against, I know they played better last week, but a Lions defense that has been very susceptible across the board. I personally think the Dolphins-Lions game is going to be the highest scoring game on the slate. Uh, The Dolphins defense has been a little underwhelming, and I'm a Dolphins fan, so I watch them closer than anyone else. Uh, So... I don't, I'm not sitting here saying Mostert is a slam dunk play. I think that's definitely the passing game with Hill and Waddle. But because I'm not crazy on DJ Moore, if this is a flex, you know, if I'm able to put Mostert in, I might lean to do Mostert over Moore. I'm also not crazy about Najee Harris in general. And this is a Steelers team. Nate, I heard you talking about this, this game with the Eagles. They're going to be playing from behind. Uh, and Harris has just been not nearly as efficient. They're getting Jalen Warren a lot more involved. So I could put Mostert in there as well. Uh, and, and here's Brandon Cooks. Uh, Nico Collins is missing. Uh, it looks like Cooks is going to be, the, but but with all the trade rumors, do they get involved? Uh, I I have a one of my sleepers that I'm going to mention is in this Texans realm, so I, I like that. But Devontae Smith, uh, Jacoby Myers has a great matchup. I don't think that Zoss Gardner is going to line up. Myers is in the slot a lot. Aaron Jones, you're not sitting.
1: Um, but yeah, I might put Mostert in instead of Harris or more personally. Okay. Okay. Um, We'll go ahead and move forward here to our next question here. We have um, a trade question from Lincoln. What's up, Lincoln? We appreciate you making us part of your Friday. A guy is offering me JJ, Justin Jefferson, and Ertz for Andrews and CMC. It's a 1.5 tight end premium and dynasty, and he still owns Kelsey and Greg Dulcich as well. Um, So what should he be doing here? looks like he still has good RBs, Joe Mixon, Kamara, Zeke. So he's not hurting for running back. I – I'm just going to start out by saying I'm willing to do almost anything to get my hands on Justin Jefferson in a dynasty league. I don't care if I have to sell off anyone. I don't care if I have to sell off my future kids, my my brother and sister. I'll do it. I'll do whatever I need to do. You're giving up a lot with Andrews and CMC. I think I would prefer maybe someone else back of of Ertz that maybe has some more long-term value. Nate, how do you feel about this one? Justin Jefferson and Ertz for Andrews and CMC. Um, Obviously, CMC and Andrews, they're studs, but... How long is the clock ticking for those guys?
2: You know, for Ertz, I'd want a better tight end back because you're giving – you've got Kelsey, but he's getting older. Dulcich is the young stud, but we don't know what this Denver offense is or is going to be because we don't know who the head coach is going to be in two weeks even. I have a hard time giving up Andrews for Ertz. That's where I'm stuck. I'm okay with Justin Jefferson for CMC. Andrews, but I need you need a better tight end in this deal. Or 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 a different
1: positional player.
2: Different positional player or a draft pick. Okay. Yeah. I'm
1: I'm definitely okay with that. Lincoln's kind of saying here, would you guys take it? I feel like I'm giving away two studs, only getting one back. And that is there is some truth behind that. Brian, how do you feel about this dynasty question here from Lincoln? It'd be easier if it was a
3: redraft question. I'm like, yeah, see, that'll take you to a championship, you know, uh, yeah. having the CC and, and possible Andrews side and Justin Jefferson. Dynasty makes it a little bit trickier. I don't view Ertz as, I'm – I'm with Nate. He's not really a factor to me in this trade. Um, you know, I think McBride is the future tight end there in in Arizona. So, I mean – and Ertz just hasn't produced even this season. Uh, tight end premium, though. I have Andrews in a dynasty league that's tight end premium, and he has – he took me to the championship game last year. That extra half a point – um, I don't know if it's full PPR or half PPR for the wide receivers and running backs, but that can be such a difference. And I know we haven't seen the last two weeks, but Andrews is a game changer, especially in Dynasty. I think he's still only 25. Uh, you could have him in a, a, a landscape that's very barren for tight ends. Dulcich, yeah, he's fun so far, but we don't. there's no guarantee he's going to be anywhere close to Andrews, whereas as good as Justin Jefferson is – there's other good wide receivers that are at least close enough in the realm I think the tight end premium is leaning me towards keeping I still think I really want to see CMC in this 49ers offense last week wasn't a good comparison he was there for two days before they played right right. he may not have five or six years there but in dynasty give me two or three years with Christian McCaffrey in the Shanahan offense keep Mark Andrews in a tight end premium league kind of leaning towards keeping Andrews and CMC in that scenario
1: okay so, we're kind of on the consensus here. We, we'd like to get a little bit more back for, for giving up two studs. Yeah. Love the question, and We appreciate you tuning in today, man. Here we kind of just have a comment here from Dylan that I'd like to touch on. He said he just traded away Scary Terry for ETN. Thinks he wants, won the trade. It's a 14 person league. Well done. Well done, Dylan. Yeah. I think this is a slam yeah. dunk.
3: Anytime no question. you
1: can Get out of a Washington player for what could be a low end RB1 the rest of the way. We love this trade great work over there dylan we appreciate you tuning in today as well here we have ollie back in the chat he's asking should he trade kamara for mahomes right now he's got geno smith at quarterback and it doesn't look like he has a lot behind uh behind alvin kamara's he got kenneth walker um, but maybe not a lot of great running back depth there i don't think i can swing it i don't think i can i can give up kamara strictly for mahomes i'd like another running back back in return as well Brian, how do you feel about this one quarterback? It's been so volatile this year, but he does have Geno Smith, who's been a saving grace for many fantasy teams. I would want a little more
3: context. Is it super flex? Is it uh, six point for touchdown? I want to know how valuable the quarterback position is in your league. If it's standard, one quarterback, four points per passing touchdown. As thin as running back is, I'm not high on Kamara in general, but because the running back position is just so thin right now, you got Geno Smith, I'd probably keep Kamara, but if there's a little bit more, if that quarterback, I'm in a league that it's my oldest league, and the quarterback position is just heavily weighted. There's bonuses for 300 yards, 400 yards, bonuses for 40 yard touchdown passes. You need a stud quarterback. I've got Josh Allen, and he's he's the only person on my team that's untradeable in that league. So, standard PPR, I think I would lean to keep Kamara. There. Gino is good enough and has been good enough in that Shane Waldron Seahawks offense
1: to carry you for the rest of the season. Okay. It does look like he he has JT to replace him, but um as we said, Gino Smith, he's he's reliable. I'd like to get a little more back. I'd like to get a little more back from Kamara uh depending on the landscape. So let's go ahead and move forward here from another question here. We got um Z Smitty back in the chat. What's up, Z Smitty? Appreciate you making us part of your Feel Good Friday. He's having three and four, so I'm in a must-win position. It's not a must-win yet, but you you definitely would feel better if you got the win. Z Smithy. Um, he has Mixon, Stevenson, Connor, Patterson, Chase, Godwin, Hopkins, Pickens, Tony, and Robinson. Should I trade Mixon and Chase for McCaffrey right now? Oh man, I that that that's tough. That I, I don't think I can do that. Especially if you're trying to win this league. Like I know you want to win this week, but Chase should be back at some point. He's going to help you win the league. I don't know if I can just give away my number one wide receiver when I'm dealing with Chris Godwin, who has a little bit of an injury history, DeAndre Hopkins. We're still not sure we're going to get back from him, and a bunch of other question marks.
2: Uh, Nate, how do you feel about this one? So I'm all for moving off of Mixon. If you can get McCaffrey, maybe try a package of, let's say, Connor, Mixon, toss in George Pickens because you've got Godwin Hopkins and Robinson see if they'll see if they'll bite there yeah I, I would I, throw
3: Godwin in first personally I think Pickens's best days are ahead of him he's another that's a uh, fair,
2: point. fair point another
3: foreshadowing for when we talk about sleepers um Godwin I think if this is uh Actually, even if it's dynasty, because I think Godwin, ACL tear, he's going to be a lot better next year than he is this year. He's good, but that Bucks offense is broken, uh, and he's not quite as explosive as he's been in the past, but he's still got that name, right? And he did fairly well last night. If you happen to watch the Thursday night game, maybe That's the fun. person— he, he yeah. looked better, so maybe you can capitalize on that. I would start with Godwin because, but yeah, I'm with you. Chase is a league winner. Hold on to him if you can. Get, I think Hopkins he's so hyper targeted when he's in that Arizona offense, so the floor there is nice. We saw it already last week at Thursday Night Football. So if you can get Chase and Hopkins and Pickens really coming into his prime at the end of the season, that could be the type of team that
1: wins you a championship. I love that analysis there. He also says he could trade away Alave for Montgomery. And I am trying to sell high a little bit on Chris Olave just because I think we're at its peak. Like, I love Chris Olave. He's probably going to finish the year with 1,200 yards and, and, a, and a boatload of TDs. But I'm worried about the revolving door at quarterback. I don't think this is Andy Dalton's team the rest of the year. I'm just not sure with what's going on there in New Orleans. However, I don't know if I want Montgomery at this point either. Like, I, I'm not doing that trade for Montgomery because mm-hmm. Khalil Herbert is there. Nate, you've been uh, in love with Khalil Herbert as much as anyone can you make this trade here for a Lave Montgomery straight up? Nope, definitely not. I don't Agreed. trust Montgomery's. I just don't. Yeah, I totally get that. Guys, keep the questions coming. We'll answer some more here in a little bit, but we do have some short sure things, sleepers of the week to get to. So Nate, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? And I will say, I'll wear a little bit of egg on my face. Nate, last week you came in with a deep, deep sleeper and you absolutely crushed it. I was bashing you before the show, during the show, and after the show yeah. for your call on Jordan Aikens. He didn't hit our criteria. He didn't hit
2: double-digit PPR points, but he was oh-so-close. So what do you have this week for us, my friend? So, I mean, I'll, Seth was harassing me 24 hours before the show about <laughs> my sleeper pick last week. I'm, guys, I'm going back to the tight end. Well, because we all know this is the toughest position to find a starter, in consistently, unless you have Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews. And now it's not even Mark Andrews, guys. We don't know when he's going to be back. We don't know how serious this injury is. Mike Gasecki has been hyper targeted the last two weeks. He's had more targets the last two weeks than he had the first five weeks of the season. He had 12 the first five weeks, he's had 14 the last two. He had that really great game in week six, but we were wondering when Tua comes back, is he going to continue to see that volume? He did last week. He only turned it into three catches, but they're also playing one of the better defenses against the tight end position. That's not the case this week. Miami is going up against, we just talked about it, Detroit. They're the worst team, third worst team in the league against tight ends. This is a team that is passing at the fifth most in the league. Gaseki figures to be a part of this game. I like him for at least a touchdown. Probably he'll see seven, eight targets again. I could see three to four catches, 30, 40 yards. That's a nice PPR day for a tight end that you're not getting from a lot of other positions, the ceiling at tight end or the, the threshold for a tight end. One is like 9.8, 9.9 points per game right yeah. now. So yeah. he was disappointing the first five weeks, but it looks like they're getting him more involved in this offense. He's also being asked to block a little bit less, last couple of weeks. So I think this is a week he's involved. Like you said, Brian, this might be the highest scoring game of the week. I think Gasecki plays a factor in this Miami offense. Okay. Okay. I, I
1: like that call, Nate. I was actually kind of on Mike Kosicki a little bit earlier this week as well. I think it's going to be, like Brian said, maybe one of the highest scoring games on the slate here. He's still available in just over 30% of ESPN leagues right now. So if you're in a shallow week, shower league and you need a tight end, think about Mike Kosicki. I like that call, Nate. Brian, what do you have for us? And I'm not going to put any pressure on you, our friend, but we've had, I think, eight or nine different guests this year on this segment. We, they have yet to hit this criteria one time. They've yet mm. to get it right. We've had Bob Harris on the show. We've had Pat Fitzmorris on the show. Mike Stoyer, like a lot of great people. Last week, Eric, uh, Andrew Erickson from the Fantasy Pros podcast, he came on, gave us Michael Gallup, hit a donut on him when he was mm. confident. So not to put pressure on you, but can you get it right here, Brian, for the guests of the show? I brought three different ones
3: i know I know i can 't throw okay. all three I will pick one i 'd like to okay. mention the other two, but we can say the one Perfect. is the one i 'm going with. Uh, we mentioned earlier I, I said that I, I would have something on George Pickens that's the one I'm going to pick uh, so if you're looking at sleeper stats he's uh, 76% owned but only 32% start I think part of that is due to the matchup they're going up against the Eagles uh, you might get some Darius Slay James Bradbury uh, th- they've been one of the best defensive backs in the you know in the NFL this year so right on its face doesn't look great but I'm going to give you a few stats since George Pickens got into the game so he didn't start week four but he came in in relief of uh I'm sorry since Kenny Pickett came in in relief of Trubisky in week four uh George Pickens averaging seven targets per game averaging just over five catches in those games 68 yards or more uh nearly 12 points full PPR just on that on its face he scored his first touchdown last week and he just looks like he's he's the talent is undeniable and he's finally getting it but here's the thing game script they're gonna be playing from behind we've already mentioned this eagles game a couple times i think the eagles are going to get out to an early lead because that's what they do they they are leading the nfl in second quarter points so you know that pittsburgh's going to be playing from behind he is clearing away the top target for for kenny pickett um and if you're worried about matchups The last time he had a tough defensive matchup was against the Bills. And guess what? He put up 16.3 PPR points in that game because they just kept passing to him. And I know the Bills don't have as strong as specifically secondary as the Eagles, but I still think there'll be enough volume for him to at least get 10 points here. I'm very confident in that. I'm starting him in multiple leagues. I'm probably going to play him in DFS. I haven't looked at his price, but I'm expecting his price to be cheap because of the matchup. So I like that, especially in a tournament play. So I got a couple other names I want to mention in general. But as far as seeing if I can beat the other guests, I'm going to ride with George Pickens.
1: And I love this call this week, Brian, because especially because of the matchup in Philly, it's going to be a crazy environment. Like Let's just say that. Philly yeah. right now, I want to go nowhere close to that place because it is a party 24-7 with this Phillies run to the World Series. Mm-hmm. But I think the big thing in here is Darius Slade probably is going to shadow Deontay Johnson. So I think kenny pickett might be looking away they're probably going to be trailing in this one we could see 40 plus attempts from kenny pickett once again here i like this call brian hopefully you can uh you can get this one right i'd love to hear your other sleepers for us as well guys keep bringing in the questions too once we get done with short sure things as sleepers uh nate and i will jump back over to those but brian please take it away with uh, your other sure things as well
3: so these are the other two. One is one that I was considering for my pick, and the other one is just a really deep sleeper that's like, hey, if you want something crazy, probably more of a DFS tournament yeah. play, but I want to throw that in. The first one is Donovan Peoples-Jones. So 80%, 87% owned on sleeper, only 33% started, averaging just – under seven targets per game over the last four weeks 70 reception 70 yards or more in three of the last four games and here's the interesting part the last two games he's averaging 13.3 yards per target which means they're throwing to him farther down the field uh the Browns have been playing from behind Uh, Amari Cooper is more of like the the possession guy he's going to get more volume but I really like Donovan Peoples-Jones yet to score a touchdown Yet yep. this year, we yep. talk about game script. He's going to be playing from behind early on against the Bengals on Monday night. So he's shown to get the targets. He's shown to get targets down the field. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet. I just think this is one of those guys that even without the touchdown should be flirting with double-digit PPR points. If he does score, should go north of there. Um, so that was the first one. I ultimately went with Pickens because I think Pickens is just a little bit safer of a play. Uh, and then finally, how about, how about Philip Dorsett for like a deep sleeper Ooh, here? Uh, that you got, That's a deep cut. You've got Nico Collins, who is, is, is it's trending towards not playing. You've got Brandon Cooks, who is going to play, but we mentioned earlier it is very much the subject of trade rumors. Does Davis Mills in this Texans offense want to see what they have in Dorsett? Dorsett came in after Collins went out last week. Guess what? Uh, three catches and a touchdown. Uh, we know that he has talent. He's not a, a stud by any means, but I just like how this sets up once again. Game script. I think Houston will be playing from behind against a Titans team that has owned them, against Derrick Henry, who has owned their uh, I, I don't know if it's league worse, but it's got to be near the bottom run defense, so they're going to be playing from behind. Uh, I like Dorsett to have even more volume than he did last week. He's already shown to at, at least have some red zone attention from Davis Mills. 9% owned in sleepers, so this is like a deep sleeper, like I said.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, unless you're in like a 16-team league, this is probably more of a DFS play, but I just wanted to uh, throw it out there um, as, as just a fun little spicy play.
1: I like it. And and we are big fans of Donovan Peoples-Jones over here. We've been highlighting for a couple weeks that he should be a guy. You should go out and roster him. So I really like that call, Brian. Nate, any, any thoughts on uh, any of Brian's sleepers here?
2: I really like the Dorsett call because, like you said, he came in last week and got a tutty. So what's not to like about that? Yeah. Davis Mills is searching for his identity in this offense. He's trying to figure out what this offense is with him at quarterback. It's been a little bit harder because Lovey Smith is more of a defensive-minded coach, even though it does not show in their defense whatsoever. Yeah. But I think Dorsett's a guy that he can get in there and get a touchdown this week. I don't see why not. I mean, they're going to be behind very okay. early. So. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I will round us out. I'm going to go back
1: to tight end carousel here. I'm going to go with Robert Tunyon of the Packers. And like you said, Brian, they're coming into this. They are dogs against the Buffalo Bills, which we expected maybe at the beginning of the season, but not by 10-plus points. And here we are, though. And the big thing here, Alan Lazard said to the media yesterday he is not expecting to play. So Aaron Rodgers needs to find some targets. And Robert Tunyon, guys, has been so reliable to him this season. Coming off two weeks ago a franchise record, 10 receptions. He's getting 2.3 yards of of separation per target, meaning he's getting open. And Aaron Rodgers obviously loves that. His efficiency metrics just off the charts right now. When Rodgers targets this guy, he is benefiting. In the last three games that that Tunyon has seen, over a 50% snap share, he's averaging 11.6 PPR points. That's enough to get it done at this position. And I think they're going to be trailing the Bills, guys. The last two games against the Bills have uh, quarterbacks have averaged 46 passing attempts. So I think they're going to have to have a big game out of the out of the passing game if they want something to come out of this and not go three straight losses. And Buffalo's defense, guys, they are solid. But in the last couple games, they have been a little susceptible to position. 20 receptions, 188 yards over the last two. One of those games is to the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey. However, the other one is to the Steelers when Zach Gentry was the guy and he was kind of making his run at the Bills. So I think if you need a tight end play this week, if you have one of these guys on by or if you're just kind of still out searching, Robert Tunyon, still available in about 50% of ESPN league. So pick him up, throw him in your lineups, and good luck to you because it's not sexy playing the Packers. But I think if there's a guy I am playing in this Packers receiving core, it is Robert Tunyon, guys.
3: I want to throw one more data point on that because I love that play. All the talk Rodgers had, you know, he goes on the Pat McAfee show every week. Yep. This week, it was specifically calling out who we think is the younger players about. They're not making their plays. We know I'm a huge Romeo Dobbs fan, but he has not had the right connection. He's had some drops. Uh, no catches on four targets last week. Uh, it, we've already said Lazard's not going to play. Rodgers wants to come out and sling the ball and he's going to throw to people he trusts. So I think this is a big Aaron Jones game and I think this is a big Robert Tunyon game. I wouldn't be surprised if they both just get peppered with targets because Rodgers just doesn't want to deal with even a Christian Watson plays he's a rookie right I think this is a game where Rodgers just wants to throw to the people that he knows he can rely on Lazard isn't in there so it's going to be these
1: two guys and he's going to have to get rid of the ball quickly against this yeah. bill's pass rush and and mm-hmm. Robert Tunyon will be there as an outlet for that Brian we can't thank you enough for coming on giving us your sure thing sleepers of the week Nate and I are going to hang out for another five ten minutes answer some of these final questions coming in but please tell us one more time where we can find you for the rest of the 2020 football season and how we can best support you our friend yeah, I just want to mention again, guys, uh, the whole reason
3: we do what we do is is our main thing is our daily NFL newsletter. So it's five minutes or less. We'll give you the top six stories of the day. We break it down. You don't have to read the huge articles over at ESPN or any of that. You can just get the stories of the day delivered to your inbox for free. We also do a roundup of, of injuries, so it's got some valuable fantasy or sports betting info in there. And you can always unsubscribe. So go to legitfootball.com in your email address uh, sign up. We do this all year long so you can get all the NFL news you need delivered right to your inbox. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's right there. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube at underscore legit football, I put game picks up there against the spread straight up. Uh, I live tweet a lot of the games and uh, we have a good time th- at the end
2: of the day. Awesome. Yeah guys, man. this is this is a great newsletter. I, I had it up for the show as we were going through Thursday Night Football because you have so <laughs> much good data in there and it's all right there. So guys, whether you're an analyst, a fan, a player, whatever, go make sure you subscribe. It, it's a fantastic newsletter.
3: Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you yeah, having me, Seth. Brian.
1: Have a good weekend. Thanks, Nate. Man. Keep the vibes yeah. flowing. Thanks, Brian. We appreciate Brian very much for hopping on the show today. Nate, this has been an absolute blast today having Dave on the show. Such an active chat with old faces, new faces, kind of all coming together here, man. Yeah. I mean, we have, what, nine weeks left, and it's not enough. Nine, ten weeks left. Like, it is not enough because we're having such a blast with all the feel-good vibes
2: we're bringing over here, Nate. Could we get a 30-week NFL season at some point while we're still doing this? Doesn't sound mm-hmm. awful, right? I
1: well, mean, it um... sounds
2: awful for the players. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We just We just need another relevant league. Can we just absolutely. have a second relevant league?
1: Hey, man, yeah, that's why we have the NASCAR season starting in February. We got NASCAR content over here. We got PGA content as well as our feel-good lifestyle advice, guys. So follow us all season long. Subscribe to the channel. Check out the website. We got columns coming your way. Content between here and the website
2: seven days a week right now. We're staying busy, Nate, but we love it over here. We do, guys. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. This has been a great show. We love answering your questions. It's my favorite part of the week, Seth. This is my favorite part of the week. Now we're heading into Halloween weekend, guys. Just be safe. Have fun.
1: Yes. Don't yes.
2: bob for apples. It's gross.
1: Yeah. Have fun. Be safe. But thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Good luck here in week eight. Nate and I will talk to you on Tuesday. Until then, guys, keep it in between. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice
0: and some fancy football advice.